right. Thanks for listening to NYC, NYSEA Radio. You can find us on uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, any of many platforms, whatever is your desired platform to listen to us. We really appreciate it. We have a great show today. Uh, special guest, uh, Dr. Wayne Weil uh, from the Orthopedic Specialist of Seattle. You can also check him out at Seattle, uh, seattlehandsurgeon.com. Um, he's known in the community for his expertise in hand surgery, a wide variety of hand ailments, and a bunch of other things. Uh, and more importantly, for today's show, um, he has published several scientific papers and presented his research in the field of trauma. And that's what we're going to talk about because we saw a lot of trauma this past weekend. Um, what happened at the Cowboys and Giants game. But before we get into that, uh, Dr. Weil, uh, welcome and thanks for taking some time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, Dr. Weil, um, the game started out innocently en- uh, enough. Uh, two NFC East teams were uh, playing. Uh, one of them is bad and the other one is really bad. And uh, we saw a common football play, a play that you'll see throughout the game numerous times and you know, a week in and week out, a quarterback rolls out, um, cornerback comes up on him, makes a tackle, and then what any fan, no matter who who you're a fan of, whatever team it is, you see a traumatic injury right away. Dak Prescott goes down, and he's diagnosed with a compound fracture and dislocation of, of his right ankle. You can see the pain. You can see the agony. You could see the people on the field react. You could see them calling for coaches. What is, first off, explain what a compound fraction dislocation of, a, of his right ankle, what that means, and I want to get into some other things. Sure. So uh, compound fracture uh, essentially uh, means an open fracture, which uh, basically means that when the bone breaks, that uh, it comes out of the skin, so you have, bone that's exposed outside of the body and exposed to the elements. And so uh, compound fractures are a fairly severe injury in that not only do you have to deal with uh, a bone being broken, but also now the potential for infection um, as it's uh, now exposed to that outside environment and and, uh, it greatly increases the risks of uh, infection, uh, as also it affects the ability for the bone to heal. So you have much higher rates of what we call delayed unions or non-unions, meaning that the bone may not necessarily heal when compared to a similar fracture where the bone doesn't come out of the skin. And then a dislocation is basically whether it's an ankle or a knee or shoulder or hip or elbow, the joint itself pops out. So commonly in the shoulder is probably the most commonly dislocated joint. Uh, the ball and socket uh, become disrupted and the, and the ball comes out of the socket and then has to be either pushed back in by the trainers or the doctors or pops back in on its own. Um, so Dak Prescott's injury is you know, quite severe in that it's an open fracture or compound fracture where the bone comes out of the skin. It's also a dislocation, which uh, oftentimes means a lot of the ligaments that hold the joint together are torn. And then obviously 
the fracture itself. So he's uh, essentially got three strikes against him in terms of it's a dislocation, it's an open fracture, and it's um, uh, a fracture itself. So uh, very severe injury. What's the most important thing for, whether it's the team doctor or any doctor from either side of that, that's closest to him, what's the most important thing that they can do at that moment to try to help a terrible situation? Yeah, so the, the first thing immediately that you want to do is with the dislocation, you want to try and get the joint back into place. Uh, what happens with the dislocation is the cartilage, the smooth gliding surfaces, of the joint when they're dislocated basically are immediately uh, stressed in terms of um, not having their normal uh, architecture and and normal uh, fitting of the joint so you're abnormally loading that cartilage and you can put big divots in it and just simply having pressure on the cartilage in an abnormal way can cause damage to it um, and basically long-term damage to uh, cartilage leads to an arthritic joint so really the first step is right away put the put the joint back into place we call that reducing the joint uh, especially in ankles uh, where the skin is pretty thin Uh, basically you know if you feel your ankles it's just skin and then bone is right there you don't have a lot of muscle that's covering that area and so if you leave the joint uh, out of place it also is shearing the skin and if you don't have uh, an already open fracture like Dak Prescott had but just simply a closed injury but you left the joint out of uh, alignment the skin can break down and create an ulcer and it can become an open fracture. So really first step uh, on the field, oftentimes you can reduce the dislocation and then you want to put on a a splint Uh, in the NFL. um, They have access to uh, pretty sophisticated splints. You can see uh, the trainers actually, on the field, pumping the splint up. So it's it's basically an air cast. Uh, so that helps stabilize the fracture, which uh, provides some modicum of, of relief of the pain because obviously the bone's not flopping around. Uh, you could see on the video after he broke his leg, how his uh, leg was just mm. kind of twisting in the end. Oh, man. Uh, and that's obviously incredibly painful. So uh, step number one, reduce the dislocation. Step number two, put on a, a, a splint. Um, and those are really the on-field things that you do right away. So let me get this straight. So you have a compound fracture. You have a dislocation. The doctor's coming over and now is trying to relieve the dislocation uh, of the aspect of it first before they're even trying to deal with a compound fracture. Is that correct? Correct. So uh, you, you reduce that joint, get it stabilized, because the, the treatment for the compound fracture, that's really in the operating room. You know, you have an open laceration, you got to wash it out and then stabilize the bone uh, with surgery, whether it's plates and screws or, or a rod, depending on the fracture pattern. Uh, that that comes next. Uh, but 
certainly the first step is just, you know, kind of battlefield uh, medicine where you just stabilize the injury so you can transport the patient uh, in, in a somewhat comfortable way um, to the hospital. None of this sounds comfortable. I just want to let you know, Doc. None of this sounds comfortable at all. You're telling me that oh, no, he is in complete pain with painful. his fracture, and now I'm going to snap uh, your ankle back into place. Uh, that's I okay. <laughs> that is a it, it, that is you'd, something you'd, else. You'd be you'd, you'd be surprised, Will. Um, having the bone uh, or the joint itself out of the socket, whether it's your ankle or your shoulder um, or any joint, that in and of itself is incredibly painful. When you uh, maneuver the the joint back into place, uh, pretty immediately the pain is significantly reduced. Uh, And so before you even... uh, you know, on the field, uh, if you can get a, a joint reduced, uh, you can obviate a lot of the need for uh, pain medicine just by getting the joint back in. Gotcha. So this is considered a traumatic injury, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So um, can, can you explain to our listeners what is a traumatic injury? What is trauma? And, and what are the levels of trauma um when it comes down to injuries like this or whether it's a car crash or anything like that, what is trauma? Yeah. So, so trauma in and of itself is basically uh, force being transmitted uh, to our bodies. Um, you can have trauma from a knife wound that creates, you know, a laceration uh, down to, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, blunt force trauma. Um, somebody gets hit by a train and, you know, gets crushed. Uh, so, you know, you can have sharp trauma or blunt trauma, but essentially what is happening is tissue disruption due to the forces uh, applied to it. And those tissues can be skin, they can be bone, they can be ligament, they can be muscle, uh, and then uh, as well, you know, our internal organs. You know, it's it's a it's a shame. You know, we were talking before we started uh, the show, and we, we talked about Dak Prescott and, and the injury that he um, sustained. And at the same time, a quarterback from one of your football teams that you enjoy to watch uh, in Washington, um, Alex Smith made his return. And it's just so unfortunate that on the same day that he comes back, he, he you know came back to play football this past weekend versus the Rams after almost two years. And, you know, he replaced Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, I believe he sustained a concussion or at least had concussion symptoms as the way they described it on television. And he came into the game. And in fact, I was watching the game. I was doing some things around the house and he came into the game. And I got to be honest with you, I was like, oh, God, please. I mean, please don't let me see anything crazy on the field. We, you know, it's been documented. I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the document on uh um, on ESPN when they followed him around and talked about his uh his uh, oh, yeah. Project oh my lord and when he came in uh, to play it was just please God I was thinking about him I was thinking about his wife I was thinking about his kids but still the 
for him to come back and get back to where he was, at least on the field, whether he's productive or not, I think that's secondary. Uh, how amazing is that for Alex Smith to get back on the field after sustaining um, really a, such a nasty, nasty injury uh, to his leg? It's uh, it's truly inspirational, I think. Uh, it, it, it really is, to me, mind-boggling that he is able to compete uh, as a professional athlete at the highest levels of uh, sports after the injury that he sustained and, and, and what he went through over those two years. I think he had uh, about 17 surgeries on his leg. Yes, correct, and 17. We were talking earlier, um, you asked me about trauma and and. You know, I actually kind of gave trauma a bit of a short shrift in that, you know, I talked about the physical side of it, but uh, the mental side of trauma and injury in, in a lot of ways is, is just as devastating for people. Um, certainly, you know, in, in the immediate um, part after an injury, uh, you, you could see Dak Prescott on the field, you know, he, he was visibly upset, uh, in pain, uh, obviously, but also just uh, upset of what happened and, and very emotional. And he, he, so you have this uh, wild swing in terms of uh, emotions after a traumatic event. Um, you know, first is the why me? And, and oftentimes very common for people to have a, a bouts of depression. Uh, and then, you know, you take the long road back in terms of recovery. Uh, and, what, and part of that is physical and going through all the pain of rehab and physical therapy. But uh, the mental side of it is just as important um, in terms of overcoming the the initial bouts of uh, depression that people have and, and getting back into a positive attitude that, you know, you're going to overcome this uh, obstacle that's been placed on you. And then not only that, but then having the confidence in your leg or your arm uh, or, or whatever body part was injured to perform you know, like it used to, it, it's a whole swing of uh, emotional recovery as well. And I tell my patients all the time, you know, you are not fully recovered until you tell me, I don't think about my leg or my arm or my hand anymore. Uh, it feels normal and I don't think about it. And that can oftentimes take, you know, a lot longer than, than the physical side of it. We, we saw it with Dak Prescott uh, this past weekend. We saw his teammates, we, excuse me, we saw the football uh, family, the football community, um, really just devastated. I mean, Logan Ryan, he's the one that made the hit on him from the Giants. I mean, he was absolutely devastated. Um, uh, Joe Judge from the Giants, Logan, and really everybody, uh, Daniel Jones, the first thing they said in the press conference was, you know, uh, prayers and respect to Dak Prescott, what a great player he is. And you could just visibly see on the field where people just shaking their heads, they're taking knees. 
Um, and that's not even what the player is going through, but how it affects everyone else in the community. And then, you know, to line up, you know, when the when the ref is saying, OK, we play putting the ball back down, let's get back out there, hit somebody. I mean, that that toll itself is got to be something that must be so difficult for a player on the field to kind of say, OK, I got to go out there and play football. We're still in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, huge swing of uh, emotions. Uh, you know, football, it, it's a violent game. Um, but it, nobody on that football field wants to hurt anybody and wants to, you know, create a, a, a career-ending injury. Right? injury. Yep. Um, you know, they want to – They, you know, pro football players, they know the deal and, and they know that it's – you know, it's a violent game and they're big hits and, but no one's interested in breaking somebody's leg. Uh, that's not what, what they're all about. And they all know it could just as easily be them that, the that's in that position. Um, you know, while we were, um, preparing for this, uh, I look back at the videos from when Joe Theismann got hurt and, you know, Lawrence Taylor back in the day, most feared guy in the NFL. Um, and you can see right when uh, when he got up and realized what had happened to Theismann's leg, he was the first guy, you know, screaming for the docs to come over to uh, help out uh, Joe Theismann and, you know, visibly upset by it. Um, same with J.J. Watt. You know, when you hear the interviews uh, from J.J. Watt when, when – uh, play with Alex Smith happened and very, very upset with it. And, and nobody wants that. Let, let's talk about advancement and treatment. That was uh, the Theismann injury was in 1985. He suffered a co- uh, compound fracture of the tibia and the fibula in his right leg. Um, and, Pretty much that was the end of his career. He did try to make a comeback. In fact, I believe he tried to make a comeback with Washington first before he went to the other team. It might have been the Rams. I'm just uh, not exactly sure. And he said that he was finally ready to play, but he never made it back on the field. Um, the way the treatments are from 1985 to now in 2020, what are the some of the major differences that you can kind of pinpoint to say um, this is what has been done? going forward from the, the time of the injury, because I remember that Theismann said they were just pouring water over his leg, trying to keep the bacteria from, from seeping in. I mean, I can't imagine people pouring water on my leg until he got some kind of treatment. So what, what are some of the differences when it comes to a major injury like that on the field? Yeah. So our understanding of, uh, these, these devastating wounds are, uh, is, is a lot better. Um, we have much better wound uh, uh, treatments in terms of we don't just do put gauze bandages on and, and hope for the best. Uh, we have pretty advanced uh, bandaging techniques now where, where the bandages are impregnated with uh, different antibiotic solutions. Um, we use uh, very commonly now as well, it's called negative pressure therapy where uh, basically the bandages are, are, are sponges that are connected to uh, a suction device, and it can pull uh, uh, fluid out of these wounds and, and keep them uh, much better protected. Um, 
we, uh, in terms of the fracture fixation that we use, uh, the hardware itself, the plates and screws are just designed a lot better now that we have uh, really good 3D modeling of bone. Uh, we can we have uh, implants that are pre-contoured, uh, so they match the shape of what normal bone is. Um, we uh, oftentimes now we use titanium implants, uh, and titanium is a, is this. Um, it's a great material for orthopedic implants because it, it's a very light and durable and strong material. Um, and then our understanding of muscle regeneration and nerve transfers, as well as uh, wound coverage, uh, something called a free flap, where um, uh, if you noticed uh if you've watched the documentary on alex smith uh they had to transfer some muscles to get coverage over his uh wounds you can connect uh, arteries uh, from a donor muscle to the recipient site to get blood flow back into an area so we've, we've had a tremendous uh improvement in terms of the uh, way we handle wounds you know from you know, 1985 to, to present day. If Alex Smith would have got hurt in 1985 and had that infection, what do you think would have happened to his leg? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he would have had an amputation. If not, he, he may have uh, lost his life. Uh, you know, in the documentary, they talk about uh, that he had necrotizing fasciitis, the, the flesh-eating bacteria, as it's commonly known. And that's, that's a surgical emergency. Uh, people um, can rapidly uh, de- decompensate um, in terms of blood pressure and fevers. And that is a, a life-threatening uh, illness. Uh, and, you know, the fact that he is playing in the NFL today, to me, is, is a miracle. Uh, it's, uh, it's really incredible. Uh, it was it was scary as a fan um, to see him on the field, and I think next week when I see him again, I'm 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 probably going to be uh, afraid again. And and that's just you know I guess that's just me. And I I know most people are not going to be worried about stuff like that. Maybe it's the parent in me uh, just thinking about if my kid was out there and, and knowing you know he got cut open 17 times and had this infection and everything that he went through and he has he's made almost 200 million dollars. He has a beautiful wife and wonderful kids and. Uh, uh, everything that that's a part of it. Uh, when Aaron Donald, I'm not sure if you saw the play, he went and sacked Alex Smith. He was pretty much piggyback right and in, 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 on top of him. And I was like, please get off this man. You know, just just yeah. just please. Like, can, can we just can you sack him? Can you get him down? Can you lay him down gently? I do not want to see something happen to this man and his leg because him and his family has been through so much. And I guess my my point here, which has taken a while to get to, is what do you tell, if as a doctor, what do you tell a patient that has experienced trauma? What is your role as a doctor to make sure that they're going to be out all right as soon as they leave? Do you have to consult with therapists? Do, is your job to kind of point them in a certain direction for uh, mental and emotional uh, stability throughout this traumatic experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... 
I, I tell my patients all the time, this is, this is a team game. And uh, the patient uh, and their family is ultimately the quarterback or, or the head coach. Uh, they're the ones who ultimately have to make those hard decisions. Uh, my job uh, is to uh, give the patients, you know, all the information uh, about the different options uh, available to them and then help uh, coordinate and, and make sure that the uh, decisions that they make are, um, in fact, uh, followed through upon. And so, you know, you take someone like Alex Smith, uh, again, you know, we keep going back to him, but he's a great case study. Um, in that documentary, they ask uh, the team physician for, for the Washington football team, you know, what would you have done? And she says, I would have had an amputation. Um, and so, you know, they had that conversation with him and he, you know, clearly uh, chose the path of um, having his leg saved uh, and going through everything that he went through. Um, and so there's tremendous coordination with the care team whether that's the medical doctors just treating the infection um, with the physical therapist, with coaches, with family, uh, and ultimately, um, you know, the doctor's job, I think, is, is really to facilitate the recovery uh, that the patient uh, desires, you know, within the, the bounds of uh, reasonableness and yeah, you know, I I can't take you or me and 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 make us into NFL quarterbacks. Uh, that's never going to happen because we just weren't given those gifts. Um, but um, you know, uh, someone like him, if if he's willing to put in the work and and willing to suffer, which I'm sure he suffered and his family suffered for those two years. Um, you can you you can accomplish amazing things, but uh, man, uh, the, the surgeries are I think the easy part in all of this. I, I tell patients all the time, you know, you're going to be asleep. Yeah, this is the surgery. That's that's easy. It's it's the recovery that's the the tough part, uh, and it's going to be tough on you and your family. Um, so yeah, it takes tremendous tremendous coordination with everybody involved. And we're just a small cog in the in the whole machine. It's uh, it's amazing, absolutely amazing, and I I can't agree with you more about Alex Smith. I think he just has a combination of his faith, his work ethic, and his belief, um, and also having that support system at home. I mean, his wife uh, Elizabeth, you know, she talked about her fears and everything else, and then she said, you know, it pretty much came down to I'm a quote here. Uh, knowing how much an injury like this can affect a person mentally, physically, and emotionally, for Alex to overcome that and get himself back to the point where he can be bigger than any of this is amazing. And um, that's just, um, it, it takes it takes a lot to get, uh, to get back at that point. Um, for Dak Prescott, I guess there's some concerns off the field, right? Because it's been documented this year that there's been some uh, mental health issues. Uh, he's had some loss in his family this year. Uh, he's been um, outward about those concerns, outward about his um, 
his mental health. And now this has happened to him and we know that this is going to be a long uh, road to recovery. Um, if you're his doctor and you know that this is a pattern, what are your, some of your concerns uh, with a patient like this and how can you go about trying to, I don't know, whether it's keeping tabs on him or keeping an eye on him or uh, what the prognosis is for his mental stability going through something traumatic? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a huge challenge for him. Um, the, I think the, the, the single best thing he has going for him is that he's been honest and open about those, uh, uh, challenges. Um, you know, mental illness, uh, has such a stigma associated with it. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's fine for somebody to have a broken leg, but it's not fine for somebody to be depressed. And, and that's, that's really not okay. Yeah. Um, so I think number one, you know, he's open and honest about it. And, and that's a huge, huge step in the right direction. Um, yeah, he's going to have a tough road ahead of him. He, he just missed out on, you know, playing the sport he loves and, and the, competitive fires in him uh you know will i think ultimately bring him back but uh there will be some struggles ahead uh certainly um you know you saw on twitter his brother was at his side uh you know hospital um so i think you know having a strong friends and family support system is huge um you know, this is the time um, when when you need those people who are close to you uh, to rally around you um, and feeling like, you know, you're not in this by yourself is tremendous uh, and tremendously helpful for for patient, patients well-being. Um, and then, you know, absolutely being uh, in tune with this as as the treating physician and, and knowing that. You know, somebody who has had some uh, mental illness challenges uh, in the past uh, that, you know, to, to be aware of those, uh, really be in tune when you're when you're seeing these patients uh, in the office uh, and making sure that they are um, responding appropriately. Um, one of the big challenges we have these days is... Um, Issues with uh, uh, dependence on opioids and pain medication. Yeah, good point. Uh, and so that will be certainly something that uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on and, and be very vigilant about uh, you know, trying to get people off of the uh, pain medications as quickly as possible. Uh, so there's, there's a whole host of things uh, out there. But again, it really comes back to sort of this, I think, the team mentality, uh, friends, family, physicians, therapists, um, everyone just being in tune with uh, what's going on with the patient and, and constantly checking in and, and making sure that uh, people are doing okay mentally. Uh, what responsibility or I guess maybe what communication would the doctor, uh, his surgeon, would have with the team doctor, right? Because, you know, as we know, this is a business and there is an investment in this player. Um, what What is their communication and 
what happens, you know, once the surgery is over, because we heard that he has surgery, I believe right away, right? I think it was Sunday night he has surgery and he was already home yeah. Monday. That's amazing to me. I, I, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around going, you know, having an injury, going in for surgery and back home. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible how, uh, quickly you can, uh, bounce back from an injury like that in just the, the acute care, uh, it's, uh, once you get the bone stabilized and, uh, come out of surgery, you know, barring anything terrible, like what happened to Alex Smith, um, there's really not a huge need to actually be in the hospital. Um, and, and being at home oftentimes is, is much better for people's mental health. Um, yeah, oftentimes, you know, as a as a team doc, your specialty may be you know soft tissue uh, sports medicine type stuff like uh, you know the classic one is ACL tears or 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 those sorts of injuries. Uh, and um, with an injury like Dak Prescott, uh, you'll you'll consult uh, um, orthopedic colleagues who who's specialization is more either foot and ankle or, or, or trauma surgery. And then, uh, so as a treating physician, uh, clearly your, your, your first responsibility is to the patient. Uh, first and foremost, uh, they're your patient. Uh, and you know, whether or not there's uh, financial considerations in, involved in, in their outcome, you know, really doesn't matter. Uh, that being said, you know, the pro sports, it's a business. Um, uh, as a patient, uh, there are rights to privacy and, and certainly before communicating with, uh, uh, team physicians and owners, um, you know, patient has to give consent for that. So, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, I'm sure is, uh, going to be talking with his team docs and um and jerry jones uh and um he will uh, allow for communications uh between his surgeons and and, uh, the team um but uh as long as he's giving consent for those communications to happen then yeah, it's okay for that to, to happen. And, um, the, uh, docs will all be talking and coordinating care and they'll be, um, setting up his rehab schedule. And ultimately, you know, the goal is to get him back playing next season. Oh, that, that's absolutely amazing. to think about that, you know, there's a possibility that he might get out there and I, I guess maybe, not to minimize it, but I guess being a quarterback is different than being a basketball player like a Gordon Hayward uh, or Paul yeah. George or Kevin Ware when uh, with Louisville, one of the nastiest uh, injuries I've seen. Oh, yeah. He had that uh, with the compound fracture of the tibia ab- ab- above the knee, which, I, whatever, mm-hmm. that, that was just craziness. So just compared to a basketball player that have had uh, these injuries, uh, I know Gordon Hayward's taking some time to really look like himself, and he still has it. Uh, what's the difference between that that basketball type of player that has to use the explosiveness and moving around compared to a quarterback? Even though he relies on his legs, but you know he he could change his style a little bit. You know what's the differences as far as recovery and getting back on the field as a sports fan? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, with these types of injuries, the, the biggest thing that people will, uh, and especially, you know, the, the pro athletes, um, is, is they do lose a little bit of that explosiveness or, or, or their ability to, to, you know, just have that millisecond uh, of uh, fast twitch uh, muscle function that gets them, you know, to jump just a little bit higher than anybody else or, or run just a little bit faster. Um, you know, a professional quarterback, you know, you can alter your style. Not everybody has to be a uh, Michael Vick type of quarterback. Uh, you know, you can be more of a, a pocket passer and, and have that awareness of, of where the rush is coming from. Um, you don't need to potentially run as quickly or jump a, as fast uh, as a pro quarterback. Uh, you you know you obviously still need your arm. You got to be able to throw the ball you know 40 to 60 yards downfield uh, accurately. Um, whereas a, a basketball player, you know, basketball is all about the those those quick explosive moves. Uh, where you're, you know, you're jumping and and cutting and spinning um, at, at a much faster rate than than a quarterback is. Um, so it, it is harder, I think, for a pro basketball player to come back from that type of injury uh, than than a pro quarterback. Dr. Wayne Weil, um, orthopedic specialist of Seattle. Uh, please look him up at seattlehandsurgeon.com. Um, I really appreciate your time today and spending some time with us. We didn't even get into uh, our beloved Yankees, uh, how they've uh, another season has gone by without getting to the promised land. And as a Yankee fan, yeah. they, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Will. It's really been a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Been a lot of fun. I hope to do it again sometime. Anytime. It was a pleasure. And uh, thank you for uh, scaring the daylights out of us talking about all the craziness when it comes down to these fractures and trauma. So we really appreciate it. And I hope uh, our audience uh, wasn't got some really uh, great information today. Thank you very much. All right. You have you take care, man. Appreciate your time. Dr. Wayne Weil. All right. Thank you. Take care. That was uh, Dr. Wayne Weil. Uh, orthopedic specialist of Seattle, uh, seattlehandsurgeon.com. He's a board-certified uh, orthopedic surgeon, has uh, a multiple, plenty of experience with uh, whether it's hand surgery, published several uh, scientific papers in the field of uh, trauma. Just a great, great person to get great information. I hope everyone got a lot of information today. I know I did. And now I will gingerly walk somewhere because I do not want to have a traumatic experience. Even though I had my Achilles uh, snapped uh, playing basketball, you know, weekend warriors, um, what these athletes go through and the type of injuries that they sustain at the level they do, at the speed, uh, the size of these players in the NFL or NBA, it's so traumatic. And we talked about it today, the physical the mental and emotional aspect that you must go through when you sustain these injuries and having the support system that you do uh, really, really matters. So we really appreciate his time today. Uh, thanks for listening to NYC. 
uh, NYSEA Radio. Uh, be sure to catch us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, many others. I'm Will Sanchez. We're out. <laughs>